Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Stir the Pot, a podcast all about food and the people that love it. Right off the bat, I just want to say I am currently in a hotel in Birmingham and I stupidly forgot my microphone. So this is being recorded on my phone, so apologise for the quality of this, but thankfully the main part of the episode is recorded as normal, so you can just ignore this bit if you want. Um, on today's episode, I'm joined by the absolutely brilliant Gemma Wilson of Crumps and Doilies Cupcakes. Uh, Gemma is an amazing baker and a really fun, wonderful person, um, and it's a really great episode. I love this one. Um, also, just a very quick plug for something I did recently. I was a guest on the Blogtacular podcast, and um, I don't always like listening back to things I've done or watching things I've done, um, but this is a really nice episode, really nice interview. Um, it's about my life, my career, and kind of how I got into food. Um, so I've linked to that in the description of this episode. I've not really got anything to add to the episode, so let's get straight into it. Thank you for bringing me marshmallows. <laughs> That's I'm, all right. I'm sorry I'm, they're not very exciting. <laughs> you did just pull them out of your handbag, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not very glamorous. They're in like a Ziploc bag, just thrown onto the table. They were very delicious. Oh, good. And I'm didn't glad. taste of trotters, ladies. <laughs> no, well, it's difficult with gelatin because it does taste a bit. It just smells a bit like farmyards at the beginning. But I, you, you give it enough whisking, and it will be fine. Um, so, as always, we're going to start with our same question. So, the question, as always, is: How did food become such a big part of your life? Um, well, I mean, I've always enjoyed sweets, obviously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It'd be weird if you didn't. Yeah, but actually food for me growing up was a really terrifying thing. Um, I, I was a very fussy child. I, um, there was just so many things I didn't like and I was really afraid of. And usually I would just eat the plainest things possible just to avoid any kind of emotional outburst <laughs> um like i'd go around to friends houses and if they cook something unfamiliar like god forbid like a beef stroganoff or something creamy with mushrooms and chewy beef i would just i would sit there and i'd cry and it would be horrendous um so so yeah that was where my disordered relationship with mm. food kind of developed um and as a result i was a very very skinny child Mm. i was also very active so there was that whole thing going on but i was incredibly thin and i had body dysmorphia so i felt really overweight so that probably sort of tied into my fear of food uh but yeah then as i got older and um discovered sweets and cakes (laughs) and and when and actually when i went to secondary school um there was a tuck shop there mm-hmm. and that was it for me. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I ballooned in size yeah. over the first year of, um, of secondary school and my relationship with the tuck shop. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, sweets for me were just yeah. absolutely, all I wanted was yeah. something sweet, cakes, baked goods, candy, ice cream, or whatever it was, it yeah. would just, I'd just shove it in. I loved the tuck shop so much that I ended up uh, being one of the tuck shop workers at my Oh my school. God, I dreamt of that. Yeah. But it was terrible because I did the same thing you. I, so I had um, uh, primary, middle, and high. Mm-hmm. So in middle school, I did the same thing. I ballooned. I became huge because yeah. I discovered corner shops mm-hmm. and the tuck shop. Yeah. And every day involved something sweet yeah. or crisps. Yeah. They were oh. my two vices. <laughs> yeah, me too. And and actually, when I, well, my mum, she worked from home and she she's a hairdresser. And 
you know, she was busy. She mm. was busy all the time. And, and as soon as I learned how to cook pasta and rice, I was basically on my own. Yeah. So a lot of my meals were just pasta and rice with like ketchup on. <laughs> so you stayed to the basics. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go very adventurous. Rice with ketchup. Oh yeah. Pasta with uh, yeah. Oh. Pasta with ketchup. Pasta with butter and ketchup. No, no. I, well, I'm, oh. I'm with you on the butter. Like pasta and butter is heaven. You have no idea until you've tried it, mate. I, I... How much ketchup are you putting into a bowl of pasta? Not loads. Okay. Just enough. Little. Pe- just a bit. You know, just something a little bit tangy. A bit tomato is lovely. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend. Yeah. yeah, also yeah, <laughs> pack full of sugar. Um, and it wasn't really until I did as I grew up. I I kind of started experimenting in the kitchen with sure. food, but um, really I was just like making sludge yeah, yeah, and yeah. just enjoying it. Yeah. Um, when I um started going out with my um ex boyfriend, who is now my business partner, yeah. um. He was really, really keen on food, and, and it wasn't until I and, and also cooking, and he really taught me a lot. He taught mm. me how to really cook properly and how to um, uh, put flavors together, sure. and and challenge me to eat things that I'd previously been like, oh god, no, ugh, like mushrooms yeah. or rare steak. You know, rare steak for God's sake. <laughs> Were these things that you just assumed you wouldn't like yeah because I think that's really common where people Absolutely. just go oh I hate it yeah have you tried it no just, you know like historically I've been, no 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 yeah, no completely I get that you know and I and I I do I do get like you have to just try things but that, it's a barrier you have to knock yeah, down in your own head absolutely so so that so actually our relationship the good the brilliant thing apart from crumbs and doilies that came out of yeah. that relationship was that I really got to love food and got to love cooking and yeah. really under, understand food as well and um and now, obviously, I love cooking. And, sure. You know, the the baking thing, that kind of was a different yeah. thing entirely. Like, I wasn't a baker as yeah, a yeah. child. Like, I wasn't one of those people that, like, hung out with my granny and, like, baked. I mean, let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have the very opposite way of starting a baking. Yeah? Like, it is as cliched as it gets. Is it? Baking with my nan. God. Recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> and I'm the one with zero tattoos. <laughs> it's, like, literal opposite. Yeah, it's weird. I, um... I mean, I, obviously, it's weird for someone who really likes cake. And actually, yeah. my development of a love for baking really centered around my love of eating cake, yeah. you know, and being a compulsive overeater, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and, and needing to just always have a cake mm-hmm. <laughs> at all times. <laughs> yeah. um, and when I first, I, basically, when I went to Australia, I went traveling, and when I, uh, when I left there, I decided to have a tea party and baked a bunch of stuff. And it was the first time I'd really baked since I was, I don't know, 12 or something. Mm. And then... Even though a lot of those things didn't turn out very well, I just really loved it. I really yeah. loved the process and the magic of creating something from scratch and giving it to someone and then kind of knowing that you'd made it from scratch yeah. and kind of going, wow, that's, oh, this is so delicious. And yeah. Which I think you only really get that kind of magic with with bakery, with baked stuff or sweets and I, not so much with savoury. No, I'm not, not always savoury, I don't think. I mean, yes, a little bit, but... Um, of all the people that I've interviewed that work in the sweet side of things, mm. or people that I just know that work in baking, all share that one thing, that there yeah. is a joy that you get from giving other people pleasure by giving them something as simple as a cookie. And yeah. just seeing their faces light up, it's it's something that you become slightly addicted to because it is such a nice feeling to get that instant response It's back. warm and fuzzy. There yeah, is nothing, completely. there's no two ways about it. Completely. And, it, you know, I could be as hard as you like, but I'd still get that warm and fuzzy feeling when someone's like, oh, this cookie's delicious or yeah. this cake's so fluffy or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, and I and a real sense of like warm, fuzzy pride. Yeah, completely. Um, it's so it's just one of those wonderful things about baking. And yeah. I don't think you get the same thing. You know, no. food to me is about fuel. Mm. It's delicious and I love cooking and I love eating out and all that kind of stuff. 
But there is something very special about baking because it's something we don't need for fuel. Yeah. That it's always a pleasurable thing. It's a treat. Always a treat. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think that's why, you know, cakes always will stand the test of time through any kind of... I mean, we've seen a recession, crumbs <laughs> and doilies. And, you know, yeah. when I started, a couple of years after really getting off the ground, mm. the whole, you know, there was a big old recession. And, yeah. like, people still... I still grew and grew the business. Like, people still need cake. That was one of the <laughs> things that I always thought would happen in the recession because um, I, obviously, I work in, in sweets and mm. baking. And during the recession, certain parts of my job went down. But baking, I think, is a constant because it's a small, cheap pleasure. Yeah. So even if you can't afford, you know, the luxuries you might have been able to, to before, mm. you can always bake something yourself or you can go to, you know, someone like Crumbs and Doilies and buy something for a couple of pounds that makes you happy for that moment. Great plug, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely can. Plug. You can, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In Carnaby Street. Yeah. One kingly cool. <laughs> Um, but I, I, it doesn't surprise me that the business didn't necessarily go down during the session because I think when people are depressed, maybe like last year, mm. and, you know, we're recording this on a day when Trump's becoming president. Ugh. So, you know, <laughs> my innocent response is, give me sugar. Eat cake. So yeah. I think that's probably a really natural thing and, mm. you know, why baking is a good business to be in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's no business I'd rather be in. So I'm always slightly fascinated by people who got into baking from a different area mm. so people i know so many people that went to um art school that have ended up as food stylists yeah less people i know that have actually ended up in food as an actual career where they're actually making or baking yeah. or whatever but you were at an art school person Drop, too drop yeah. out i wasn't gonna say drop out but yeah an art school <laughs> Thanks, dropout. but that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> was it graphic design you were doing yeah, yeah i i well i did my foundation so i went to camberwell mm-hmm. and i did my foundation there and then i did i i enrolled on an you know graphic design degree and I was just well first of all I'm not very good at school I'm sure I'm just not I'm not disciplined in terms of getting the work done yeah. <laughs> like unless I've got people banging my door down <laughs> yeah. I I'm just like eh, I'll do it tomorrow I'll mm-hmm. do it tomorrow which is obviously the worst kind of person ever yeah. um so I co- very quickly started to um really fall behind on a lot of my work and um, I actually, when I, at the point when I decided to just not go back in, uh, two years into my degree, I hadn't been in already for weeks <laughs> and, um, and no one had contacted me at all. Like not wow. a single tutor, like got in touch to say, are you alive? Is everything yeah. okay? Are you struggling? And, and actually had anyone taken an interest in me struggling, which mm. I definitely was creatively struggling. You might've stayed. I might've stayed, yeah. but at that time, all the tutors were giving all their attention to people who were really flying and just yeah. doing just doing their thing and, and kind of like forgetting about the people yeah. like me who, who just obviously didn't know how, I, I didn't know how to be at college. Sure, and, for sure. Um, and when I left, I genuinely thought I'd lost my imagination and I thought that was a huh. thing that had happened to me. Yeah. Um, because I just felt I was working in a bar, and I just that was it. And I thought, I'm this is I am living an uncreative mm. life right now, and yeah. I and that's really sad. But I don't know how to get that back. And it wasn't mm. until at, at least a year into cr- doing crumbs and doilies, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> hang on, this is really creative. <laughs> and I'm like drawing pictures and people, people's fa- dogs and faces on cupcakes, and you know, like creating all these crazy flavors. And I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and this it was just a different medium, and I never yeah. would have expected. I, I certainly didn't want to be a graphic designer, mm. um, 
I just really liked, enjoyed the medium. But yeah. I never in a million years would have thought that my creative outlet would be <laughs> baking mm. and, you know, cake decorating. How did you, or how long was it before you uh, left college, before Crumbs and Doilies became that thing? Oh, years. It was years. I was drifting for years and I was drifting and drifting in and out of things that I thought, oh, this is the thing that I'm yeah. supposed to be doing. Oh, I'm going to make ties out of leather or did you actually do oh, that i had all the stupid brief very brief ideas i'd be was like this in the 80s when oh, leather was a thing oh my god i know <laughs> ridiculous please um, tell me you still have some leather ties I don't I, unfortunately but i you know like i'd, I'd um oh i'd like customize denim jackets with um like again are we in the I 80s mean, yes we are i'm so sorry world um but you know every time i did something outside of my day-to-day bar mm. work job, which I really, really enjoyed. And I'd, I'd latch onto it and I'd be like, oh, this this is the yeah. thing. And then I'd do it for like two days. <laughs> and, and then mum would go, oh, you, how's that thing going that you're doing? I'd be like, what thing? Yeah. You know, completely oblivious. And yeah. it wasn't until I discovered baking. And I, and I literally did wake up one day after having, you know, baked every day for like <laughs> weeks and got all that pleasure and all that cake. And I woke up one day and I was like, Oh my god, I love baking. Yeah, and I really was an epiphany moment. I was like, "Fuck!" Like, yeah. Oh, you just been doing is, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the thing that I am supposed to do. <laughs> and I was, I was still working at the bar, and I, I told my boss like a few after you know mulling it over, and um, she was really excited for me. I'd worked at the pub for like five years, yeah. so it was, they were probably keen to get rid of me. Um, <laughs> and uh, a friend of hers who used to work at the same pub, she was um, working at Rose Bakery yeah. in Dover, Dover Street. Street Market and she was about to leave and so she said, why don't you interview for the job? So I did and I got it mm. and that and I left bar work behind which was a place that I was so comfortable and yeah. I enjoyed, I loved bar work so much but I, you know, I needed to break away and I worked at Rose Bakery and and that was where my baking life really, really sure. started. So jumping slightly back, um, if you didn't, you know, you didn't have that kind of twee, cliched baking as a kid thing. Where did baking first come in? When did you start doing it? And uh, is there a reason? So, ooh, how many years? So when I was about 25, I guess. Mm. Um, and it, the reason, I mean, apart from realising you know, back in Australia when I did that yeah. little thing and, and really kind of like, oh, this is really nice. I really enjoy this. And when I came back from Australia, I just yeah. was like, oh, I'll just keep doing that. And, it, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that was really when I, I grew my love of baking. Mm. And prior to that, I mean, I lit- like I said, I literally hadn't baked anything since I was, you know, yeah, yeah. 12 <laughs> or something. So um, I'd just been eating yeah. in between all, <laughs> all the Developing time. Developing your palate. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I said, you know, my, I have a disordered relationship with food and... Yeah. and you know, in in those initial times, it was a real struggle for me because mm. I was baking all this stuff and eating it, and yeah. really, you know, that was a whole different struggle for me. But um, but the the love for baking and the love for giving people mm. what I was baking t- far outweighed that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and you know, crumbs and doilies didn't didn't kind of come into mind until about a year after I was working at Rose Bakery, and I I loved my job there. I loved the team. Mm. I loved the place, and I loved the food that I was creating. Um, but I felt really unappreciated sure. and, um, because, you know, Rose Carolini, she's in Paris. Yeah. So it's, and she comes to London or she came to London maybe once or twice a year. Wow. So, uh, and, and it was always under pressure. It was always for an event. So she only yeah. ever saw a side of you that was just like, yeah. fuck shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, 
and day to day I loved my job but I, mm. I just felt and I also felt like I couldn't grow in that company because it was such a small team and there was already a yeah. manager and I and I felt I was I was 27 and I was it was that 27 28 yeah. Saturn rising blah 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 you know? <laughs> <laughs> shit what am I gonna do and having yeah. an epiphany and and I decided well it was weird because I I actually decided to leave uh, Rose Bakery because of my food issues and huh. Um, because I was finding it, I was really struggling to yeah. con, uh, control my food issues, and and then I literally had no clue what I was going to do. I just handed my notice in, my two week notice, and Sam, my boyfriend at the time, was like, "What? Are you, no, seriously, Gemma, though, what are you going to do?" And I was like, "I don't know. I'm sure something will come up because I'm I'm very much a you know laissez yeah, 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 faire yeah. and everything will be fine kind of person, yeah. um, rightly or wrongly." Um, <laughs> And then I, despite my my woes, I I had a, another kind of epiphany. I was like, you know, I love doing this, mm. and I love giving I love giving people pleasure through this. And 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 I was racking my brains, and I was thinking, maybe I'll go door to door selling <laughs> in Wandsworth, <laughs> selling uh, baked goods on a Sunday. I mean, how idyllic would that Doesn't be? Doesn't sound dodgy at all. Well, it sounds really nice, doesn't it? But it sounds like the sort of thing you do in like a nice country village, not bloody Wandsworth. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone doing that these days and being received very well like no. if someone just came to the door now and said would you like to buy a cake oh god when the fish man just... comes I'm like what do you want go away and then I, oh, when I shut the door I'm like actually fish would have been really nice I also love the, the <laughs> idea that, um, of the fish man because I don't think many people outside the UK will know what a fish man is okay well because... f- for you people so it's, it's less we common we such a big audience less common now but back in the day you'd get a man coming around with a van of fish yeah. and he would lock, knock on a door and say I've got oh I've got the fish yeah. love you, you want some fish <laughs> But they used to do it for everything. Hardly so ever happens. It, it happened to, to me a... recently, and I was like, "Oh my god, an actual fish man! I don't need any fucking fish, though. Damn it!" <laughs> because they used to have it when I was a kid, and I would, I would, uh, we'd spend a lot of time in Devon on holiday, and there was always a bread man, yeah, uh, and always would just drive these little vans. And I think it is often in smaller places yeah. where they can't have a shop. Yeah, not Archway, oddly. <laughs> no, no, I, I just can't imagine <laughs> just a fish man. In imagine Archway. my surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was just you. He came to just a. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> gonna sell Gemma a fish today. She's gagging for a fish. <clears throat> <laughs> so after uh, Rose Bakery, I mean, you and uh, Crunch and Darlings and Rose Bakery have a very different style. Oh yeah, Rose Bakery is very kind of. I would say it's very simple and kind of uh, it's like quiches. It's you mm. know simple loaf cakes. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, Rose Bakery is, it's quite a famous bakery in Paris. Mm. And it's an English bakery in Paris. Yeah, well, and, English, Ameri- I mean, she's, yeah, in, yeah. she's English, but the style of baking is actually more American, I'd yeah, say. Lots, yeah, definitely, kind of muffins and Carrot all that kind cakes of. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but I didn't know for years that they had a place in London. Mm. And I think it flies under the radar quite Oh, yeah, bit. because it's tucked away up there. And yeah. if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. Totally. Mm. Um, but your styles are very different. So mm. when you decided to do something for yourself, why did you choose cupcakes well I, I didn't okay. actually um so when i f- set up my first market stall at sunday up market in brick lane i um i was selling loads of stuff okay. I, my my store was very classically like vintagey chintzy <laughs> which i've obviously moved away from completely thankfully but um you know like the, that's where the name doilies yeah, yeah. kind of ca- came from and i used to have my my great aunt's doilies my mum's great aunt's doilies like all over the place and like little lamps and like it was very it was like you'd stepped into granny's living room yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. was really cute and at the time and at that the worked. time was crazy yeah. popular well, yeah. at the time that was obviously a trailblazer <laughs> um uh, and I would, you know, I had this thing about get, bringing scones to the world, which was hilarious because, of course, scones are not a kind of eat on the go. No, they go dry very quickly. <laughs> so the thing, and like, you know, you need your butter and your or your yeah, cream yeah. and your jam, and 
I'd sell these things and they try. I'd watch them trying to like spread the butter on, you know, on a winter's morning. <laughs> on a little cardboard. And, like tray. half the scone like breaks off and like rolls onto the floor. And eventually, I was like, okay, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I did brownies and carrot cakes and cookies and 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 cupcakes. Mm. And and it was at a time where cupcakes were still very much. Yeah. Even though Hummingbird and Primrose Bakery were open, I think maybe Primrose not, but definitely Hummingbird. Yeah. Um. Fair, people even for years after were like oh cupcakes what are these like as if they've never seen anything of the like um they're not butterfly cakes though, oh my god they? oh it's a fairy cake no fairy oh. or muffins god forbid people no. i mean people have called them all sorts and it makes my hair stand do you there. remember that there was a business <clears> in london for a while and they were these huge muffins and they dipped them oh in... god candy cakes oh they were the yes. most disgusting looking cakes ever well they were and actually fairly recently they asked us to before they went under <laughs> they asked us to make their cupcakes well yeah because I had heard a rumour that they <laughs> bought in uh, muffins from like Millie's Cookies and yeah. then just dipped them that's all they did they were horrendous oh, and the they had all kinds looking. of crazy shit on and the they had lots of shops for a while yeah they London. did they had one in Kingly Court of course famously did they yeah because <laughs> the one I remember was uh, Seven Dials yes they there was one off Seven Dials and there was one in Kingley Court and there was one they had like concessions in other yeah, in yeah, other yeah, yeah. cafes and stuff which yeah. is what the Kingley Court one was but yeah they were awful I mean to call them cupcakes was just a they're not grim. No, yeah, no. no. Anyway, um, anyway <laughs> back where, to your cakes. Where was I? Uh, oh, so market. So so people would come to my store and they'd look at everything and they go, oh, this is so nice, mm. and they buy the cupcakes, going, oh, what's that? That's interesting. And eventually, after <clears throat> three or four weeks, I realised that no one was really bothered about all the other stuff yeah. I was slaving over a hot stove to make. <laughs> and everyone was just buying the cupcakes. Yeah. Even though there was only, at the time, three flavours. I did vanilla, chocolate and lemon. Yeah. Super simple. Um, and after about three weeks, I was like, maybe I should just do that. Like, yeah. it seems to be what everyone wants. And so I did. And I built up my flavour prof- prof- flavor profile, my favourite <laughs> flavour repertoire. Um, and before I knew it, I was a cupcake company, yeah, yeah. Not, not a bakery company well, that was um, how i first uh kind of came across you um it would have been just before i did bake off so like 2009 2010 mm-hmm. and it was at covent garden market when they had that really nice yeah. uh short-lived but they had a really <clears> nice <throat> food market there yeah and uh, it was the first time i'd ever seen a mini cupcake oh, he... because you always used to do the and you still do the yeah. the large cupcakes and then the mini ones yeah. um and i think i had a, i think Actually, you might be the first time I ever had salted caramel. <gasps> oh, I great. I can't remember. Um, wow. But I, I, <laughs> I, I've got into trouble in the past, and journalists love to bring it up, because um, I have said on one occasion that I hate cupcakes. Yeah. And it's not that I hate cupcakes, it's that I hate bad cupcakes. Oh, yeah. Who and doesn't? in London, especially a few years ago, mm. you couldn't step anywhere without getting a really dry, yeah. super sweet cupcake. Yeah. And I always point to you as one of the people that actually, you can do cupcakes bloody brilliantly, but some places are just crap. Well, yeah, I mean, it got really annoying in the early days because I guess because of the recession. um, So so when I started Crumbs and Doilies, there was a very strong upcoming like make make well and do craft thing happening. And I think that, and it was, when did Bake Off start? Uh, Bake Off started in 2010. Right, so it was before, it was that, before though. yeah. It was like, so there was a kind of... there was a bubbling up of yeah. like making things yourself, totally. and and that got a nostalgia. It was like a cottage industry kind <clears throat> yes. of thing, of like do something at home, make yeah. some money from it. And and I, people really latched onto cupcakes yeah. because obviously they're really cute and they're. I mean, they make they make sense. Yeah, they yeah. Make, they just make sense. Yeah, be, yeah. Because they're a single portion, and that you can do loads of things with them. They're really versatile, and so many people set up crappy mm-hmm. cupcake things 
in in a in, you know from 2006 when I started to maybe 2010. Yeah. Um, I mean, pe- people just came up like you know annoying weeds, <laughs> and it was really annoying because I'm I'm fine having competition. Yeah. I've got no problem with competition. But when when there's something that's so unfamiliar to people as a mm. cupcake, and that their experience of a cupcake is something shit. Yeah. It gives the cupcake a bad name. Completely, and that, that, that was what I experienced. <laughs> yeah. In that I know any cake can be good if made well. Yeah. And I'm I'm I I would be the same thing where I actually think competition's good because it actually just shows you what the best thing is. Yeah. But in a sea of terrible, terrible cupcakes, which for a period of time that's all mm. I ever came across, um, and I I would do judgings for magazines and whatever, and I stopped doing them because I was so bored of all the bad cake that yeah. I was going to eat. Um, and so I think the fact that you're still kind of, you know, it's 11, 12 years you've been 11. around now. It'll be 12 in April. Wow. Mm. That's, I mean, and it's selling majority cupcakes for that amount yeah. of time and still doing it really well and then opening a shop two years ago. That shows you that, you know, quality stands around. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I have to say it's rare that I will eat a cupcake, but I will eat a good one. Oh, so. I should have bought you some. You should have a cupcake challenge. Yeah, I was very disappointed. <laughs> Sorry. It's the only reason I have to do this I you marshmallows. Just deal with it. <laughs> Um, so when you started, um, how did you find it? Because it was the first time you'd ever worked for yourself, I guess. Mm. What was that like? Was it something you took to naturally? or? Well, it was so small. It was on such a small scale mm. that it was easy to do. Well, I'm saying easy. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't easy at all. Was it just <laughs> upmarket you were doing for a while? So or? yeah, so I just started doing that market and it was only on Sundays. Yeah. And so I would basically bake Friday and Saturday just all day and all night and then go off really early on Sunday morning in my little Ford Fiesta and set it all up and um, and I'd come away having made money and it was you know looking back like absolutely nothing but I was like wow I've made money like wicked like I've got a hundred pounds you know I've got a profit or whatever Um, and it was so exciting that I had done that you know what a feeling it Mm. was so so wonderful that feeling just to to know that I'd done everything right yeah I'd done everything that, that had you know made that hundred pounds happen yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and no one else had you know and it was it was really I was really proud of myself and then you know gradually obviously the business grew like so first of all Sam uh, who is my partner he because that because basically as soon as I had a website which he which he built oh. which he built flukily I might add like he he's naturally good at this stuff and okay. he he was working um, for a press cuttings agency and he was working one week on one week off nights Wow. So he would work 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. for a whole week and then have a whole week off, which sounds great, doesn't it? But it, you're jet, no, basically yeah. jet-lagged for yeah. like half that, that time. That whole week, yeah. yeah. Um, but he'd help me out all the time when, when he was around. And one day he was just kind of tinkering around on his Mac and he was like, oh, I've got this free iWeb like, trial. Should yeah, I try yeah. and make you a website? And I was like, all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, prior to that, I'd been giving people my number on, yeah, yeah, on yeah, doilies. Yeah. Oh, Not even oh, cars. Nice. Like, I'd literally adorable. been writing them on a little doily. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite sweet. Um, so he made this website and it was brilliant. Yeah. You know, he, he's got a really good eye for design. He's naturally he's naturally um, good at that stuff, like in terms of technical stuff, but also he's naturally good at design. Mm. He can't draw or anything like that, but he just knows what yeah, works yeah, what visually. Works, yeah. um, so this website happened and then 
soon after that we got flyers printed my my friend sean um sean mills had done all the graphic design mm. and all the de- um, illustrations for for the website and we got him to like knock up a, a doily design and it was so cool it was a hand-drawn doily yeah. with crumbs and doilies all in it and little cupcakes and it was nice. so beautiful and that kind of stuck, stayed with us for years and we got flies printed with my number and my, my email address and slowly but surely people started you know calling an email mm. um i was on daily candy once Oh, that's the American Back in the day. website, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a huge site. I have never had so many phone calls at, at that time. Wow. So, overnight, suddenly, my phone just would not stop ringing. It was amazing. <laughs> so thanks, Daily Candy. Um, I don't know <laughs> if they're even still going, but like, it was that was an amazing push for me. Yeah. And then word just started to spread. And, and, um, and then gradually, you know, Sam and I were doing it at home. And logistically, it was just an absolute mm-hmm. n- nightmare. But we had... Um, I started hiring friends to help me with deliveries. And the first person I hired was, uh, you know, a couple of friends on Valentine's Day to, to take all the boxes of cakes out by hand on the tube and on the oh bus. God. I mean, we all had Ikea bags. I have delivered cake in Ikea bags before. It's hilarious. So, yeah. were, you know, three or four of us went out. We all had like Google Maps. We all had a little route. And it's not dissimilar to how we do it now, but obviously we do it in a van. Slightly a bit more fresh. Yeah. I've seen your van driving around <laughs> I've got my van down there. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, I hired another friend to like help me out with decorating cakes yeah. and then slowly but surely like a little team had grown and then it, it became really unrealistic to, to continue doing that at home because <laughs> yeah. and obviously Sam and my relationship wasn't yeah. working out so we jumped ship and got this big kitchen in Wandsworth it was, it was just a warehouse at the time we made it into a kitchen um, Sam and I broke up <laughs> and um, we had space to grow yeah. we were I mean it was ridiculous how big this place was in comparison to how many of us I think there were four of us is this um, still where you are now because yeah, it's, like it's a big 1500 space. square feet yeah. or something crazy. have you been there no no I've been into there's a studio next door that I shoot oh yes of course yeah so I mean we were rattling around for yeah. ages but you know it gave <laughs> yeah because you feel it now yeah. like, all the videos you've done like it's a busy busy space yeah but- I can totally imagine that. Oh, we had like one <laughs> oven. We used to have parties in there. Well, yeah, because it was huge. great. Because we had we we had nothing in the middle. We we had a wicked Christmas party. We decorated the whole place. We had fake snow everywhere, which was a nice. nightmare to clean up. Yeah. Um, we obviously can't do that now because we've got all the ovens and all the of people. Course. But but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, we it's grown really organically and really slowly mm. and without any investment, and and that is. Fairly unheard of. Completely. In, in this I, day I and was age. Um, when you were telling me about the Kickstarter um, a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, at first, I was really confused because was it six thousand you were asking yeah. for, which is nothing. Yeah. And you opened it's, it's like an oven in, like, like that, a crazy expensive part of town in yeah. Kingley Court, and you have a really beautifully fitted out shop. And I thought. £6,000 is not... I can't open for £6,000. £6,000 wouldn't have even covered the legal costs no. of opening a shop. So I was really <clears> impressed <throat> the fact, uh, impressed by the fact that... It, it, I mean, obviously the Kickstarter was more about um, letting people know it was there and yeah. getting people to come. But I was really impressed that you had been able to open a shop of that location and that style mm. without any outside investment. No, I mean, it's know. mental. Yeah. I, you know, and I don't... I'd like to think we could do that again. I mean, well, we probably can do that mm. again. You know, we we have always um, kind of p- pushed the idea of getting investors mm. involved or bank loans or anything like that kind of to one side because we just felt like we don't want to owe anyone anything. Yeah, and agree, while yeah. that may not stay that that same way forever, you know, mm. I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that we'll yeah. be like that forever. 
Um, it feels really good to know that we've paid for that all ourselves. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've paid for all of that. I mean, the fit, the fit out, we, we had Gundry and Ducker who are amazing. They've just done Temper. Oh, nice. Um, they're an amazing uh, architect and uh, the company that they work with, Blue Crow Projects, who also did Temper. Mm. You know, they're not cheap, like, yeah. but they're brilliant. And, and we, we've got um, really strong brand yeah. uh, identity and everything that we do needs to fit with that. Yeah. Um, so we couldn't have just kind of knocked it up ourselves we just couldn't have done that because we needed it to really fit with the rest of our brand which is you know very very considered yeah I think the thing the first time I visited the shop the thing that I was really impressed with is it's a small space but it's incredibly stylish for its space Mm. it doesn't feel like most cake shops it doesn't feel I would say it doesn't feel twee (laughs) you know where the brand kind of started it feels stylish yeah. and kind of all that poured concrete uh, block and all mm. that kind of, is really really beautiful yeah I mean they, they got exactly what we mm. wanted to achieve and, and you know for the shop the main focus for us needed to be the counter yeah. and because it is a small space and because it's all about the cake in there yeah. we didn't want anything to be distracting from totally. that and so that that counter is an ab- we kind of started there with really yeah, yeah, with yeah. the design and everything else kind of came after but it's beautiful it really draws the eye in definitely and it kind of is that I was going to say alter to cake but that sounds really wanky but <laughs> It is that kind of, it does really make the cake stand out yeah. because it is that first thing you see and yeah. there's nothing else, like you say, to distract from it. Mm. Um, would you be planning or thinking about opening other shops in other places? Yeah, I'd love I'd love to open another shop. We, we, we would. I mean, we, um, we we certainly don't want to take over the world and become like a chain or, no. you know. Well, quality I, dies. I absolutely, my biggest fear is the quality yeah. of our cakes going downhill. Like, And that's why we've done so well this time because yeah. our quality is always either the same or improving mm. um and then, yeah like you say you know the, the more sites you get the less control you have yeah. and and i would hate for that to happen to us i know it's happened to so many businesses that yeah. i i actually like or you know even yeah. competitors and i'm i just think it's really sad completely i i have a, a lot of friends that work in uh, in that kind of industry and the people that i respect really highly always seem to share that real mm. concern that you need to expand to create a successful business, but in expansion you create problems for yourself. So it's that balance of trying to find something that works and being able to control the quality. Yeah. Um, because especially with you know something as simple as cake, you have to be quality. Otherwise, yeah. why would anyone come and spend money with you? Yeah, and also your team has to care. Yeah. And and I think it, when you've got a small team, yeah. it's so much easier to find those people that really give a shit. Yeah. And the bigger you get the less, you know, you've got these people, kind of people kind of coming and going yeah. or just getting a job for the money in it. And like all the people that work for us without f- fail are just awesome and they yeah. love what we do. Um, and that really comes across either in the, the making of the products mm. or the serving of the customers. You totally. know, people, they love it. I remember reading an interview with you when I was um, doing research and it was about the idea that you would hate it to feel like a conveyor belt where mm. people don't enjoy the work yeah. and it's just, you know... A factory. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the bakery, like all the all the team know how to do everything. Yeah, the, with the exception of a, a couple of like really sort of uh, you know like modelling or um, yeah, yeah, some of the more kind of bespoke celebration cake stuff, which we have a couple of people who are mm. like that's really kind of their thing. Um, you know, so everyone's days are varied. No one does the same job every day. Yeah. No one's just baking yeah. for a week. Like, how boring would that? And I know other companies that do that. Yeah. And I and and their their employees come to us to be interviewed because they're like, <laughs> I'm so sick Bored. of this. Like, yeah. you know, and it is a conveyor. But like, imagine going to work every day. Yeah. N- you know, 
dawn till dusk just making buttercream. Can that's, you imagine? That's one of the main reasons that I ended up deciding that I would never work in somebody else's kitchen. Mm. Because when I first started out and I was doing stages in places, I was never making a complete product. I was making elements and I was making that same element all the time. Yeah. And I got bored within a day. Yeah. I like the whole process. And so the idea that you give that to your staff is great because it keeps them engaged. And yeah. I think it's more fun. Absolutely. You know, and we're... also, because it's a small team, you know, you're not in the shit when someone's yeah, ill. Like someone completely. will always be like, oh, it's okay because I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's, you'll be a fool to not, <laughs> not do it that way. So YouTube has been really, really important for you mm. recently. Um, how did you get involved? Because did you even expect it to kind of blow up? Because as we're doing this... Are you still on buses? At the I moment? might still be on a bus or two. Every now and I again, mean, a bus yeah. passes me. And I'm like, well, there's a monster-sized gem. My last sighting, report, <laughs> reported sighting, was about a week and a half ago. So they might still be in circulation. Yeah. They're the last thing. They're the last remaining things oh, from that yeah, from yeah. that made for you campaign yeah. um, that I was a part of, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So YouTube has been really, really important. Um, so I started my channel in 2013. Mm-hmm. And what are we now? 17. So in three and a half years, I've racked up. I'm on the cusp of 900,000 subscribers you today. Are. I checked yesterday and you have currently 899,000 followers. Oh. It's probably because uh, you were like 899 something. So yeah. it would not surprise me if you hit 900 today, speak. tomorrow. <laughs> and you also, you you now have, I checked, you have 65 million views on your videos. I mean, it doesn't, it, what you saying, it doesn't, it never ceases to amaze no, me. No, it's insane in Isn't an it? amazing way. Yeah. Um. So you started because of Jamie, right? Yeah, so um, I did. So the FoodTube network was, was like just being born. Yeah. And their channel, the FoodTube channel, they were looking for people to just kind of feature on, yeah, on yeah. their channel. And um, I'd done some work with Jamie before. And... So I did a couple of videos and I guess they liked them hmm. and they said, well, how, how about you have your own channel um, and we'll be your network, yeah. um, which was great. And at the time it was brilliant because they pushed my channel such a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got loads of um, PR out of that and, and it really brought my channel to um, into people's, you know, consciousnesses. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it soon became obvious that I didn't, I mean, to say I didn't need them anymore, it sounds a bit mean, but because they had a lot of people on the network who weren't performing as well as me, they were kind of giving their attention, a little bit like yeah, art yeah. school, <laughs> kind of giving their attention to them and really pushing them. And I guess thinking maybe they didn't need to, to sure. work on me as much. And, and I felt like I was just, you know, we were already by that time filming the videos ourselves mm. and, I was just like, why do we, you know, because why are we, yeah, why yeah. Do we need, we don't really need them anymore. Like, not, and it was just to say that way. we no, definitely totally that. needed them at the beginning. And I am so grateful for all the amazing stuff they did. And yeah, you know, yeah. Jamie personally, like on a personal level has been amazing yeah. with me, like giving me so much time and so much um, of his own wisdom. And I, like, I'm super grateful and I'm super grateful for everything that Fresh One did for me. But I, I, it was really important for me to move away and become sure. independent. And I, it, the decision to not go with another multi-channel network, which a lot of a lot of YouTubers are part of a multi-channel mm. network or an MCN. Um, the decision to not do that was basically because we are capable yeah. of, of doing this on our own. And, and also because we have a successful business to run um, and a successful business that is the main part of our business, mm. it's not so important that I need... I mean, yeah. it's not not important, but it, I don't. YouTube isn't like for me a, a way. It's not my. Career. It's not the career part. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. getting paid 
my, yeah. it's not paying my bills no. <laughs> let's just say that yeah. um, I don't need it to though because yeah. I've got crumbs and doilies yeah, so yeah. it's not as urgent for me to, to grow yeah. you know or while it's obviously wonderful to yeah. grow um, so yeah so we do it all on our own uh, we don't I don't have an agent I, I literally don't <laughs> anyone i've got a company who occasionally bring in like commercial deals for me and i can usually just say no <laughs> um yeah because i'm quite fussy about who i work with if yeah. i if i do work with them um, any brands yeah, yeah um well that's the best way to be because it means you're more authentic yeah and i hate that term authentic because you know it's been dilute um diluted a lot recently yeah. but i think by choosing people that you actually believe in yeah then the people who actually watch your content or you know are work looking at what you do it's more real it's not mm. like oh i love these blah 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 yeah. like, i just feel a bit cringy yeah. when i see other people do that and i it makes me a little bit like <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm not, i mean i wasn't looking at you but if you if you're gonna you know <laughs> draw attention to yourself <laughs> um no i just it just does make me a little bit like yeah. icky um, no, I totally which isn't that. to say that I wouldn't work with brands because like you say like if, yeah. if, if it's a brand that I am like oh you know what I, I either use them or yeah. I, I think they're doing something really good um, then I, I definitely consider it I just yeah, yeah anything like you know I've been approached by brands who just aren't in keeping with what I do and, and are like oh use this product we've got these, this line of products and it's yeah. like oh no, no I would never in a million years use Marge or you yeah. know whatever yeah. like so I have a kind of um, similar rule where basically if I wouldn't use the product I'm not gonna yeah. use it and I also have like an internal ick factor yeah so if an email <laughs> comes in and my brain goes oh then mm. like, instantly it's just a no yeah um, and I think that's a really important one to do I was wondering whether um, a lot of that has to do with I think a lot of creative people can also be, not in a bad way, but can be slightly more controlling of their content and oh, their absolutely. work. Yeah. And being part of an MCM, so a multi-channel, uh, MCN, multi-channel mm. network, I think sometimes that feels like it's not your own thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, to me, it feels very much like when you watch your videos that it is something you're doing in-house. It feels mm. like it's very authentic. You've just popped upstairs and you <laughs> show how to make a cake. So. Good, because that's what I was going for. Do you... <laughs> Do you feel, um, is it difficult to constantly come up with videos? Because you're putting mm. out content every single week. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've just had January off. <laughs> you took a month Be off. Yeah, because it is hard. You know, yeah. the thing about YouTube is, the thing that no one, like viewers don't really kind of get is that it is constant. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's not Game of Thrones. You don't get like a year off in no. between seasons. Like, yeah. I, I have to think of something all the time and it, it is really yeah. exhausting. And you it know? doesn't, you do, you're not successful if you don't keep going constantly mm. because your views will drop off. Exactly. If you're not every week posting something. You need something. to constantly, but we decided to just have January off, which is why I did the Q&A because yeah. it's like, I want to keep, give people something at least, um, but at the same time, give myself and, and, mm. and our, you know, the rest of us who are working on the project like a little bit of time. Yeah. To but kind also of recoup to, and... But also creative, uh, creatively, you mm. need time off to yeah. actually let your brain refresh Absolutely. itself yeah there was something in in the q a you mentioned about um when you came up with a name and it was about you weren't thinking about it and then it kind of oh yeah and when i you, think that's the most important absolutely thing. when you i mean in all aspects of life personal yeah. spiritual mental whatever um let go yeah otherwise you won't get the thing you're searching for completely and when you least expect it after you've let go it'll pop up into your brain <laughs> that's that i mean it's so true i completely agree i think it's it's Whenever I've tried to be, in, uh, my thing that I'm really good at is coming up with names of things. Mm. So if I've ever tried to think of a name for a book, I can't because I'm trying to think of a name for a yeah. book. And so normally 
I will wake up, it sounds so pretentious, but I will wake up and go, huh, Yeah. that sounds quite good. <laughs> and I haven't been thinking about it. It's kind mm. of letting, I know there is a technical term for it. You need to just it, but... rest your brain, you yeah. just need to rest your head. Yeah. But apparently it's something to do with your unconscious where your unconscious thinks about it mm. whilst you're not actively thinking about it mm. and it just germinates at the back of your head. I, I, um, I think it's very important to tap into your unconscious. <laughs> Psyche, your deep psyche. Now, this is a new podcast all about psychology. I just yep. literally just did a spirit animal workshop. I'm not even joking. What is your spirit animal? Well, there is no... <laughs> is well, you works? don't have a, a single spirit spirit animal. You may be visited, let's say, by many spirit, guide, spirit animal guides. I just but, imagine yours is Curtis. Um, well, <laughs> I was very disappointed and alarmed at first to realise that I was, I was in my visualisation, in the meditation, I saw a vulture. <laughs> And the, for the rest of the time, I was like, for fuck's sake, like a vulture, like what, that's the worst animal ever, but actually... Picks on dead people. Yeah, but you know, actually it's, it's got a lot of uh, positive attributes, okay, um, like renewal and like making good out of something shit. Survival. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you know, uh, patience. Yeah. All the, all the things. All the good things. So it's not so bad. I mean, they're ugly as fuck, but you know, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> Um, so moving on to our second section, we're going to do the shopping list. Oh. So it's a simple kind of uh, multiple choice thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, feel free to elaborate on your answers or come up with other answers if mine are terrible. But it's very, very simple. <laughs> so uh, brunch or dinner? Oh, brunch, dinner? Oh. I was convinced you were going to say brunch you know, for some reason. I love brunch, but I hardly ever have it. Mm. And actually, when I whenever I have brunch, I'm always a bit. I, I get really confused at brunch because I want all the things. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I can Too never decide choice. between pancakes and omelets, for yeah. example. Let's just say those those two things. No, I can never decide. So mm. I I always get really like, oh, I want all the things, <laughs> but I can't because it looks bad. What if I said breakfast or dinner then? Is that easy? Oh, dinner. Okay. Although I love a breakfast, but I but I love. <laughs> Dinner. You just love food. I do, yeah. yeah. What would be your go-to place for a, a good meal then? Oh, God. I mean, there's so many places that I haven't tried that I really want to. Like Hoppers, for example. I, <gasps> I really, really want to try Hoppers. hoppers. But recently, um, I've been to all the new taco places. So Temper, uh, El Pastor, and Bredos. Which is your favourite? Bredos. Okay, I haven't been to Bredos yet. So the good. only one I've got to is El Pastor, which I loved. Hated the seating. Oh, it it's so not a nice atmosphere. No. The... the yeah, the the decor it's not it doesn't have a good feel. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like the vibe there, but the food was good, but it wasn't like punch you in the face good. It was sure. like this is really nice and yeah, it, yeah. I can tell the quality of the ingredients. Yeah. Having said that the actual corn tortillas that they were making there mm. were the best corn tortillas yeah, I've ever had. Yeah, I, like, I did really, really like them. Uh textural and yeah. just really corny. <laughs> um, but Bredos has the edge on 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 all of them, I think. Yeah. I think what they're doing is brilliant and they're such nice guys and the yeah. place is it feels good to be in there. Yeah, I, I've been desperately trying to figure out when I can actually manage it, and then I go on a weekend. I'm like, damn it, they're not open today. Or oh, yeah, they're not open on a Sunday. What's that I know, about? I, know. I will go very, very soon. <laughs> um, caramel or chocolate? Caramel. I thought you'd say that because I, uh, I think I read something about <laughs> your love of things like um, sticky toffee pudding yes. and. You know. I mean, the sweeter it is, and the more kind of unctuous it is, yeah. the more I want it. I, I, I love chocolate, but I'm not one of those people that's like, I need a chocolate bar every day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd much rather like have a cup of caramel <laughs> in the morning. Just drink a cup yeah. of caramel. Mm. Um, <laughs> cupcakes or layer cakes? Oh my God, that's really hard. Because <laughs> you've been doing I, more and more of the layer cakes recently. Yeah, so when we one of the reasons we we opened a shop is because we have all these wonderful yeah, things yeah. that we want to do, like all the brownies and all the tray bakes and stuff, but you just can't do that in a sure. like ordering online kind of thing. So, <laughs> um, 
And our layer cakes are the shit. Yeah, so the, they're the other, damn good. The other day I had um, a Velvet Volcano layer cake for the first time ever. And that is? So a Velvet Volcano is a cupcake that we do, which, which one of our ex-members of staff kind of created on a day where we were doing loads of flavours and she was like, I wonder what would happen if I put this and that and this and that in. <laughs> and the Velvet Volcano was born. So okay. basically... It's an Oreo biscuit base nice. with a piece of chocolate at the bottom and then red velvet sponge, um, salted caramel inside, Oreo ice cream, oh, Oreo, sorry, buttercream, and then a piece of cookie dough on top, is that right? And then, or maybe it's, no, the cookie dough's inside and then um, salted caramel and chocolate ganache drizzled on it. So it's basically a Franken cake. It's like that all the cake. sounds like heaven. So we've been doing that cupcake on and off since we've gone in the shop and it's one of those ones where it's like oh my god the velvet volcano's out yeah yeah, because it's like it hardly ever happens because it's a fucking ball like yeah it's Um, a lot of elements so we do the velvet volcano layer cake and i was in there the other day and i was like i need to try that because i need to try it um and it was so good oh so you're gonna text me when that's available yeah yeah you know you can check twitter every day to see what flavors we've got just saying excellent (laughs) uh burger or fried chicken two things london has been obsessed with over years. yeah I think, where would be your favourite burger in London? My, we have so uh, many to choose from. My favourite burger doesn't exist anymore. Really? But my, yeah, so I went through a big burger phase where yeah. I literally ate burgers like three times a week. Back <laughs> when burgers were becoming really a, a thing. Yeah. Um, so my favourite burger was made by Fred Smith of yeah. Byron yeah, fame. Yeah. Um, when he used to be head chef at the Admiral Codrington okay. in Chelsea, kind of Brompton way. And he, he broke down the perfect what's it called <laughs> burger and like made everything himself so he yeah. pickled the pickles and he made the squeezy cheese and he nice. you know he he did everything he made the buns like everything every single aspect of that wow. burger he made and it was hands down the most delicious burger I've ever had never been matched um, but close second and third are patty and bun yeah big fan who I love and I think they're just doing brilliantly and I love um, so Cristiano from Tongue and Cheek Mm. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. a street food thing. Yeah, yeah. He's in a, this crazy Italian. He's got a Japanese <laughs> wife and the most beautiful, like, angel child. Yeah. Like, they're such a nice family. And he makes um, a, a heartbreaker burger, which has got, um, like, aged beef and, like, ox heart in it. And it, and he, he you know, to watch him make it, it's yeah. fucking street food. You want it quickly, right? But yeah, he yeah, spends yeah. ages, like, <laughs> putting it all together, almost with tweezers. And, like, you know, he really is an artist. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that burger is unbelievably good. Nice. Yeah, really, really good. I'm not even sure if he still does it. So Basically, if, I like burgers you can't, can't get anymore. That's really disappointing because now I want a burger. <laughs> Um, I, kn- I think I know the answer to this, but it's basically just so I can have an excuse to talk about Curtis. Uh-huh. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. <laughs> I mean, I've always loved dogs. Yeah. I love cats too, and I there are things I don't like about cats. There's things I really like about cats. Yeah. Like, I love how sort of fickle they are. Like, I quite like the fact that <laughs> I they're love like, that you like that they're fickle. Well, I just respect that, you know? Sometimes you just <laughs> want to say fuck off to your owner, I guess. Curtis, the only when Curtis is mad at me, he just gives me sad eyes and makes me feel bad. Depressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd kind of like it if he just went, you yeah, know, fuck you. Um, but Curtis, I mean, he's he changed my life. Yeah. Um, I was secretly hoping Curtis was going to come. Oh, you know, today. I did wonder, but he's a day, he's a daycare today, so he can't be here because he's with his friends. Um, he's a Manchester Terrier, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a Manchester Terrier, and he, which he, you know, there aren't many of them, and and I, I discovered them at Discover Dogs, which is where you discover dogs, um, which is an <laughs> annual thing. They used to have it at Ells Court, and then have it at Excel. What was now. like a big? It's dog like an show. exhibition sense. It's like imagine the Idle Home exhibition, but instead Just of like potato peelers, it's like different breeds of dog. 
dogs and they have a different it's all um, <laughs> breeds that are recognised by the kennel club okay and they each have so there's like different categories like small dogs um, working dogs blah 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 wow. and they have different they have a pen for each breed and, and it's not where you buy dogs but if you if you're interested in you I'm really can... plugging them if you're interested in, in getting a dog <laughs> yeah and I thought you didn't work knowing, with brands <laughs> <laughs> discoverdogs.com um so I, I saw them for the first time there yeah. and I just loved them because I previously wanted a dog, but like a, a small dog, but yeah, I yeah. felt like miniature dogs were just a bit annoying and like shivery and yeah. weak. And I couldn't um, see you with one of those no, like, tiny, tiny Manchester Terriers are proper, they're like small dogs. It's a small dog, little... they're a proper dog. Yeah, he's a yeah, proper yeah, dog. Yeah. And, and, and he, I mean, they're so, he is so quirky. Mm. I mean, I laugh, I'm constantly laughing at him. Yeah. When I'm not getting cuddles from heaven, I am just in hysterics. <laughs> yeah. He's so weird. He seems like an adorable. I, have I, actually, I don't think I've ever met him. I've seen like endless pictures of him yeah. on Instagram. On in- but... Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't, I follow dog accounts. I'm not one of those people that will get annoyed by dog pictures. Oh, he's just so lovely. And I love it. Like, I never thought I'd have the capacity yeah. to love a thing yeah, 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 so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I get scared sometimes because I'm like, what if I have a child <laughs> and it's just not as good as Curtis? Like, I genuinely worry about these things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I would too. I mean, yeah. It's great. But yeah, all dogs. I mean, at the Discover Dog Show, I, I used to go yearly for my annual dog fix and I'd like roll around with them and I'd coo yeah. over and I'd spend like the whole day just cuddling dogs. It was I, all my friends think I am, uh, you know, it's kind of, um, my body clock is ticking, but it's not yeah. for kids, it is for dogs. Um, I remember I'd had a really bad day a couple of weeks ago and I was walking down the street by my house and this woman was walking like, what dog was it? I think it was... Um, like a long-haired uh, sausage dog. Yeah. And I love Dachshunds, yeah. you know. And I literally stopped this woman on the street and I was like, I'm really sorry, but can I, can I stroke your dog? <laughs> oh. And she looked at me and she went, uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely need, like, my fix of dog time sometimes because yeah. sometimes you just need uh, joy that doesn't need, it doesn't have any kind of uh, strings to it. It's yeah. just unbridled happiness. Yeah. I, I mean, um, dogs, just watching dogs makes yeah. me really happy. <laughs> You know, and if I'm if I'm not with Curtis from out and about, and I see someone someone having a, you know, you can see little moments of someone's relationship with yeah. a dog, and it's just really yeah. like it's so touching, and I it always makes me really really happy. My um, my mom tells this story about the fact that when I went to uh, middle school, there was a pet club, and the head teacher spoke to my parents and went, "We're a little concerned about <laughs> Edward." Or no, that's my official name. And uh, they went. He's joined Pet Club, but he's the only one who doesn't have a pet. Aww. And I just like animals. <laughs> she was like, yeah, that sounds about Bring right. Bring a snail from the garden, maybe. <laughs> I eventually got a gerbil. Oh, great. He died after a year. Oh, well, Bless you know, it. that's not necessarily your fault. <laughs> it was not my fault. Um, so, ketchup or brown sauce? Ketchup. Okay. I hate brown sauce. I love brown sauce, but ketchup has the edge for me. I mean, you have it on pasta, so obviously you like it. I know, it. right? Yeah. I don't still do that. <laughs> just so you know. Mm-hmm. But I would. Uh, ombre or drip cake? Two I mean, I'm going to just say both yeah, and go and get fine. a Crumbs and Doherty's unicorn cake. How could you do too. a drip ombre cake? <laughs> yeah. I forget about that. Actually, I do love your unicorn cake. It is good. Yeah. I mean, that is an absolute smash. <laughs> and it's much, much imitated as well. Like, yeah. But, you know, it's just a simple idea. Like, I, yeah. love a, I love a drip cake and I love an ombre. Yeah. Do you think be... they're going to go away this year? Yeah, maybe. But yeah. I, it's so difficult because there's just... There's, there's nothing new anymore, no. you know, and, and it's really hard to kind of innovate yeah. with with things like cake. But also, you never really jumped on the bandwagon that everybody did this year with their drip cakes, where they just topped them with oh my. endless amounts of crap. Look, I, I like, a you know, a bucket of 
you know, Sweets. candy as much as the <laughs> yeah. next person. But I don't want it on my cake. Mm. I want to be able to cut through my cake and have a nice clean slice. And I like, they look really ugly. I just, it's not for me. Yeah. And it's for, you know, some people really like it. And, and actually, you know, to be fair, when I do see things like that on Instagram, I am like, ooh. <laughs> you know, but I don't want it, yeah. and I don't, and that's not that's not what Crumbs and Dolly's is not about. Your style at all, you know, no. we are about the thing that you're, you know, the thing you're eating, not yeah. the thing you put on top. Yeah, so, completely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for our last segment, we're going to go back to the recycling bin. Mm. So, is there a food ingredient or a trend, something that you hate that you convince me that you can convince me to put in the recycling bin? Well, you know what, <laughs> <laughs> I think that macarons might need to go away okay. soon like i i like them mm-hmm. but i just don't see what the fuss is all about sure um it's one of the most requested videos that i get asked for by yeah. my by my viewers and i actually don't know how to make a sure. macaron um but i am actually planning on making a macaron video with someone t- teaching me how to do it, which is similar to the the one with the marshmallows that I bought you. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know how to do that, so I yeah. bought in someone who did, and we had a great time. And she taught me how to make marshmallows, nice. and that's kind of what I want to do with macarons because I think it's everyone expects all bakers to know what, how to do that, yeah. and it's just not something. Maybe I should get you doing. Um, <laughs> but it, I just feel like that. I don't. I think more people these days have made more out of them, and there are some companies that are making them really exciting over in America. Yeah. I haven't really seen much going on here, but I just don't think they're that. I, th- oh, yeah. I think it's in a similar way to the way I used to think about cupcakes. I think it can be the same with macarons in that you can make a really bad one uh-huh. really easily because mm-hmm. they are quite a skilled thing to make. Yeah. So uh, it's something I've made for years. I became obsessed with them years and years ago and uh, it became an obsession. Mm. I had to make them really, really well. Um, and I, I'm really thrilled with my recipe and I love them. I teach classes for them. Um to be fair, I'm not the most enamoured with them anymore, mainly because I've made <laughs> thousands of the things. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily eat them anymore. There is a few places that I will go to. So um, Pierre Hame, mm. who is kind of... He's not the inventor of macarons, but he was the person responsible for revolutionising them in the 80s and 90s. And bringing them here as well. Uh, yeah. Probably. He he opened his first shop in um, Knightsbridge oh. in, I don't know, probably... 2008, 9, right. no, 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 2010, I think. Mm. Um, but he's definitely the kind of leading charge of it. And his, to my mind, are still some of the best. He does mm. insane flavours. He does one every Christmas with foie gras, which is not for me. Yeah. But he does really interesting things with flavour. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not for me. Ooh. But um, <laughs> he does interesting flavour things. And the people who just do the basics, I'm never really going to buy that because yeah. I want something that's a little bit more yeah. interesting. Um, so I would say I'll put boring macarons into room 101, but as there's something I've partially based my career on, right, well, I don't think we can put them into room fine. 101. So. <laughs> uh, not room 101, that's not the segment I stole, um, into the recycling <laughs> bin. Um, but yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, mm. but um, yeah, I still have a slight soft spot for them, so... It didn't quite convince me. I'm just wondering if there's anything else I'd put in <laughs> You the... can have another go. I don't... I mean, there's got to be something, hasn't there? I mean, you know, the, the, the crazy things on top cakes. Yeah. I mean, that I would completely agree straight away. You don't even have to give mm. me a reason, just because I've always been a flavour person. Yeah. I need something to taste really good. I could care less what it looks like. Mm. Um, if it happens to look really pretty, great. But if it tastes bad and it looks really pretty, what's the point? Yeah. So for me, it has to be about both. Mm. And I, those cakes to me don't ever look tasty. No. There's something about them where they've gone, you thought about... They look spectacular. About... Oh, yeah, spectacular is a great word for them. But, but not 
They're not like, oh my god, that looks delicious, I want to eat it. Yeah. And that to me is what baking's about. So mm-hmm. I can happily put... I don't even know what the name for those cakes is. There must be a term for Everything it. Everything cakes? Yeah. Shove them on top cakes? I don't know. Do but... you know what else I'm going to put in the bin? Mm-hmm. And people might screw at me for this. I get a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, you're such a waste cutting off the edges of your cakes. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely cannot stand a cake that hasn't been trimmed. <laughs> so at the very least, trim the top. Yeah. You know, there are there are companies selling cakes in quite well-known establishments where mm-hmm. they haven't even done that. And you look at, they, you slice a cake. Two flat layers, one dome. And then the yeah. dome. And it's like, why would you not neaten that up? Yeah. Like, and also, the edges of the cake are the least tasty bit. They're dry and they're a little bit on the kind of burnty side. And I think with a lot of, depending on the style of the cake, yeah, that edge of the cake isn't necessarily grey. No, sometimes it's like half a centimetre thick, that, yeah. that rind. Well, especially cake if rind. it's like something that's a deep cake that you've mm. cut into layers. Yes then, yeah, you've got a really firm edge mm. to a cake and it's not going to be crazy tasty. I so. want fluffy, delicious, fluffy, spongy cake all the way through. And that's yeah, why yeah. we've always done that. We've always yeah. trimmed our cake. But in terms of the visuals, I just don't know why you'd do that. Do you use the offcuts for anything? Well, do you crumb them or... we usually eat them. Fair enough. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So we've got a lot of people working for us. <laughs> and quite often in the staff room, there's usually like piles of offcuts. <laughs> it's a very different style staff lunch to, uh, you know, just a box of cake crumbs. <laughs> Yeah, but you know you can you can do you can make cake truffles or cake yeah. pops out of them and do also you could freeze them for yeah, yeah. like what I sometimes do at home is um, I dry them out in the oven and yeah. I add them to ice cream. Nice, yeah, yeah like is. a brown bread ice cream kind of thing. Yeah, like Will, um, my who you know, yeah, my yeah, friend yeah, Will, Will Lee. Yeah. Um, he and I uh, we sometimes make ice ice cream together, and <laughs> one of the ones we made last year was red velvet and cream cheese. I was just about to say oh, I once had so good. a red velvet and cream cheese, and it was basically it was kind of slightly dried out chunks, but small chunks, yeah. and then kind of pockets of cream cheese in it, and it was... Oh. So it was like a... Um, I'm not even sure what the ice cream flavour was. It might have just been vanilla. Mm. But there was these kind of chunks of cream cheese frosting inside oh, right. it. And so when you scooped it, it was like this... It was mm. crazy good. We just made the actual ice cream, like, a cream, cream cheese, cheese flavour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which was... Yeah, we, which was really easy, actually. Me and Will were in um, San Francisco at the same time. Oh, yeah. And we went for ice cream uh, at Smitten, um, I don't know why I'm saying the story. Um, what did we have? <laughs> That's really. It's going to be a really boring story too because nothing actually. We had happened. ice cream. The end. That, that literally <laughs> is the story. So you know we're not going to actually talk about that because okay. it's so boring. Well, Will got his moment. Hi, Will. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to listen. I'm going to make him listen. Um, but yeah, so I will. I will agree that cake trimmers is something that most people should be doing. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I would say untrimmed cakes can go into... Thank you. Room 101. No, not room 101. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Recycling bin. Get, original get format right. that I came up with after years of thinking about it. <laughs> um, so if people want to follow you, where can they follow you online? Um, not in person, obviously. That's stalking. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't put a passing on it. Um, <laughs> so uh, Crumbs and Doilies and Cupcake Gemma both have Instagram accounts, yep. which is aforementioned names just after an app. Um also on Facebook the same deal and Twitter. Uh, or Twitter I'm Gemma Wilson, which is my name. Yeah. <laughs> um and I have a I have a personal account which I've met, tried to make personal, it's not really working. Um <laughs> so don't follow me on that. Um but yeah. You and you you do have a book as well. I do, so yes. The book came out two years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it was Something um like two thousand and fourteen. Yeah. Uh, called the Cake Book, and that was published basically via FoodTube. So it is a specific yeah. FoodTube um, book, but you can still buy that. You can buy that from my website, <laughs> Um or 
go to a bookshop, but don't buy it from Amazon because it's too cheap there and I don't make any money. <laughs> no, you will probably, if it's on Amazon, I'm guessing 16p. You... <laughs> what? Yeah. It's 16p. It's outrageous, isn't it? And that's why... I, that so, means you're not even earning a penny from that book. Do you know what, though? I, since realising that, that the amount of money I took from those books yeah. was that small, I have not bought a single book from Amazon. I only yeah. ever buy books from bookshops now. I completely agree. I, I no have offense, no Amazon, idea. But... I have no idea what Amazon was doing to authors mm. until I became an mm-hmm. author. And I did the same thing. I try incredibly hard to avoid uh, Amazon for books purely because I know the people who wrote those things aren't yeah. earning anything from those books. You know, yeah. I think I earn a couple of pence yeah. per book and that's, that's where crazy. the majority of books sell. So, yeah. you know. Well, you know, it's, it's a great res- resource and, and yeah. also it's really annoying if you're buying cookbooks out and about because you have to carry them home and it's really long. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to Amazon. No. Uh, I, I'm not poo-pooing Amazon. I love Amazon. No, no, no. I buy loads of other shit on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't for, for, from my own. Yeah. My, my own peace of mind. My, exactly. My standpoint was I want to support the people that I'm exactly. buying their content. Exactly. And you're not doing that through Amazon. Mm. So, and yeah. I love going to bookshops. Um, and I think yeah. it's important to go to bookshops. Totally. There They're is something magical about... magical places. And I, it's one of those things where like people say to me all the time, why are your cookbooks not on digital? Because... There's something much nicer yeah. about having a cookbook, especially a recipe book as well. Yeah. Like, well especially it, recipe books. I love, sure, yeah. I love it when you get a recipe book and the page that you use the most often has got all the crap all over. Yes, it. I, love I that. wrote that in one of the intros to my book. <laughs> but I want this book to be covered in chocolate yeah. and cake batter and pages stuck together. Yeah. You know, because that's the best thing for me. It means mm. the book's being used. So, yeah. anyway, we've gone on a tangent. <laughs> so, um, thank you for joining me today. And, thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, I'm going to eat more marshmallows. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Of course you can. They're yours. You made them. (laughs) 